Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross app, Fightful.com, managing editor. We don't care about titles here, Jimmy. I do not. Nope. I don't either. But we're here. It is It is still technically Sunday, August 11th. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Our third podcast live this week. That's right. So this week, over the course of like four or five days, we did more shows together live than I think we've ever done combined. Right. Uh yes, well because the first one was the third annual show. Yeah, yeah. And then we did two other ones on top of that. So yeah. My god, that's wild, man. Yeah. And uh we got tons of content for you. The Kofi Kingston interview is up on our YouTube. If you're watching this live, check it out, share it. I'm going to do a lot more of those. I've got a ton of editing to do, but I put that one up for you guys with minimal editing. So go check it out. Show us some love. If you want to keep showing us some love, they're going to be up early for all subscribers, not just here too. I'm going to put these up early for all subscribers on Fightful Select uh, a few days earlier than what they hit uh, Fightful.com. So check that out. There's going to be something you like there at Fightful Select. I had some news and notes on tonight's SummerSlam show. But we got a lot to talk about, Jimmy. Uh, I was there live. You watched yep. the broadcast. At what you could watch at the broadcast. Uh, the stream was utter rat gutter trash. That's what the stream was. And in, from what I'm told, it was a well-known problem backstage. Really? Yeah. Really. So I actually at one point uh, posted on my Twitter. I said, am I the only one or is anybody else having this problem? I must have got like 50 comments. From different people saying they're having the exact same issue. For me, what happened was on the pre-show, the pre-show was buffering yeah. constantly, right? Then when the main show started, the buffering ended. 
But the new problem I had was the previous match footage would show up out of the blue. Oh, no. So, for example, when I was watching Bailey versus Ember Moon, all of a sudden you're watching Goldberg, Dolph Ziggler. And it did that every match. What? And so, yeah, so I had to uh, I had to leave the app and go back in over the course of the night probably ten times. Well, guys. Pain in the ass. I'll tell you what's not a pain in the ass. When you guys send us super chats, any amount, we'll read your questions on the air. We'll read your statements on the air. And, hey, if you want to ask as many questions as you want, subscribe to Fightful Select. I'm doing a Q&A show probably later this week. But uh, we got a super chat from Justin Armenta. No comment. Really? With it, though. No comment. So Just thanks hey, for being here. Yeah, just thanks for being here. Leave us a thumbs up. Make sure you guys subscribe. I got to say, Jimmy, I was there live. Seats, not as good. Oh, really? Not as good. Full uh, sellout, though. Yeah, it was. there were very few empty seats. Right. And uh, I, I got to say, those 300-level seats, WWE's got to kill those goddamn lights. Oh, really? I was seeing spots, like, until my eyes adjusted. Yeah, yeah. Seeing spots for, like, the first hour and a half. It's a pain in the ass. Oh, really? But really? This show went by much quicker than I thought. Yeah, it would, there was a lot to like on the show. I mean, we, we talked about it off the air. When you've got 12 matches, they're not going to be 12 home runs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so they weren't, but there was a lot of good stuff on the show. There was a lot of memorable stuff on the show. And uh, overall, I thought it was really good. I thought there was a lot to like. And considering I thought it was going to be a five, six-hour show... And I mean, I just mean like from the pay-per-view portion, the kickoff to the last match going about four and a half hours, that yep. was pretty good. But uh, also, WWE needs to get a little bit better about their advertised start times because on that ticket, it'll say 6 p.m. Right. And then if you walk in at 6 p.m., you see people wrestling in that ring. Right, right. It's it's never as, as easy as it seems. And they went uh, to town with the pre-show panelists. They had. Let me think who they had. So Coachman and Charlie Caruso were the uh, were the dual hosts. They had Beth Phoenix. They had David uh, Otonga. They had JBL and Sam Roberts. Yeah, they had Booker T. They had Jerry the King Lawler. Miz showed up to do some stuff. They just brought in everybody. Gosh, I forget he's even. Uh, I forget Miz is even there. They actually promoted the match against Dolph on Raw. Oh, yeah, because they they they're doing that, of yeah, course. Yeah, they did. They that did. makes a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, Joseph Farley says, The watch-along was a hell of a lot of fun. Riddle talking about his encounter with Goldberg was great. Also, Adam Cole and McAfee are great together. We will be talking about Riddle in a bit. Yep. ML Toasted 420, I bet you are, buddy. He says, <laughs> uh, The Fiend is the best character debut in the last 10 to 15 years. Makes everything watching, uh, makes watching everything from Husky Harris to now worth it. That's why I love Riddle wrestling uh also a uh, shout out to our buddy dan robert i met uh, he and his girlfriend michelle today they brought us hard copies mm-hmm. of the fightful mixtape mm-hmm. in which he produced a song on he produced my titantron video for thrifty <laughs> which is incredible are you gonna have another one for the thumb wrestling matchup i hope i hope so i guess we'll see i'm hoping well we'll see how that goes the the press conference has got to come out first but Hey, we got we got wrestling to talk about. Drew Gulak, Oni Lorkin. Uh, I, I see your first note. Merge two hundred five live with NXT. I couldn't agree more, Jimmy. Yeah, watching this match, I kept on reminding myself why does two hundred five live exist? And the reason two hundred five live exists is because in Vince McMahon's mind, uh, anybody of that weight class is small. Uh, even though you've talked about how in the UFC you're light heavyweight. But in, in Vince McMahon's mind, everybody in that weight class is small. And in Vince McMahon's mind, everybody who is, you know, the high-flying aerial wrestler uh, can't compete with the big guys. Yeah. And so they created 205 Live for those kind of Rey Mysterio-type wrestlers. Problem now is that 
it's it's kind of a twofold problem. The first problem is there are a lot of guys on the main roster with that style. Yeah. The second problem now, as we saw in this match, is there's a lot of wrestlers on two of five live now that don't have that style. Yeah. And they just so happen to be considered smaller guys. And when I was watching this match, I thought to myself, this is a good hard hitting match. They only gave it a few minutes, uh, probably because it was the opener and because it's a two of five live match. But I just thought there's no point for two of five live anymore. There just yeah. isn't. Well, with WWE picking up that extra hour yes. on NXT, there really is no reason. No. Also, crowds don't necessarily the crowds are hit or miss with that. But I'll tell you what, a full sale crowd would like that stuff. Right. A full sale crowd would probably probably really dig that. Uh, I know that you you also mentioned that Aiden English noted that these two aren't typical cruiser cruiserweights. Yes, he did. I, of course, I didn't get to hear that. Yep. Yep, he said that. And uh, Gulak, uh, I really like the PowerPoint Gulak. Yeah. But uh, And I kind of missed that character. I thought that character maybe would have more legs in terms of making it on the main roster. Mm-hmm. But that being said, this Gulak, I saw the Evolve match with Matt Riddle. Uh, and this Gulak, uh, you know, it, there's a lot to like about him. There's a lot to like about him. Even though he's considered a smaller guy by Vince McMahon standards, uh, there's a lot that he can do with this character. The finish was interesting, even though we saw at least one other finish like this where the referee got distracted, uh, allowing the guy to cheat. It was still interesting that he grabbed the ring apron, basically pulled it into the center of the ring as he was being dragged, and then when the referee was busy trying to get rid of it, he actually punched uh, Lorcan in the throat. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then hit his finish. So I thought that was kind of a creative heel move by, uh, by Drew Gulak. But they just didn't give these guys enough time to try to get their thing going. Crowd wasn't there for it yet, even though, because literally the crowd was just not there. Right. That, that's the thing. They, they started this before the advertised start time. I see that there was a picture-in-picture. Picture. Yes, there was. And now, we, of course, we didn't get that. Um, and it was to promote SummerSlam. Yeah. So there was a picture-in-picture on the network promoting SummerSlam. Well, that's because they air it on YouTube and Facebook and all that, too, and that encourages... Uh, uh, Well, it didn't do these guys any favors when it was a short match anyway. Of course. Now, they did try to tell a story. They tried to tell a story that uh, Lorcan is a good striker, and so Gulak was trying to keep him grounded. Yeah. Well, Uh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And and this... I mean, because Lorcan is, and Drew Gulak is that type of wrestler. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a fine match. Uh, Gulak winning... I mean, we, we kind of knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Lorkin, not not quite yet, although he is gaining even more and more of a cult. Following his Twitter is hilarious. He types only in caps. Oh, does he? Yeah, oh, and it's very, very good. Uh, he said that he doesn't have any... In all caps, he was like, I have no media this week, so I might just sleep on a Toronto park bench until my match. <laughs> Which I thought was good. And you assume he's yelling like that because he's using all well, caps. Well, of course. Yeah, he's using yeah, all yeah. caps. <laughs> uh, super chat from Matt Thomas. Was Riddle-Goldberg interaction caught on camera? I thought Mac, Pat McAfee said something like that. They didn't air anything about that, but uh, Matt Riddle talked about it. Right. Rob Wilkins says, I'm not going to ask if you saw Rusev. Are you surprised no Reigns, Brian, Rowan backstage segment? What channel would you like to see NWA on? I think NWA will probably land like on a YouTube premium type of gimmick um, or maybe just YouTube. Yes, I was very surprised to not see Roman Reigns at all in the show. Yep. I was very surprised to not see Braun Strowman on the show. And Brian was just there watching the monitor. Yeah. That's all they showed him do. They brought him all the way to Canada yep. to watch a television side. watch a television monitor. Yeah, that's right. That is unreal. Uh, yep. Ross Gould says, Brock, the only champ to not retain this weekend. Uh, worth noting, he has not been tested by USADA since his retirement, according to Dana White. But, you know, when Dana White says somebody's retired, right. that doesn't mean a lot. Right. Uh, Apollo Crews versus Buddy Murphy. I get the feeling old Alex is going to be 
Sad. You know something? Sad. Corey Graves was a little bit mean <coughs> on commentary for this Why? match. Why? How so? So when uh, these guys were coming out, Corey Graves made a comment. He said that time after time, Apollo Crews has failed to take advantage of opportunities like this match. Uh, so what he basically was suggesting is he gets an opportunity to shine like this and he doesn't take advantage of it. Unfortunately, it was pretty clear that these guys were only there to do to further the story with Rowan. Sure, right. That was that was the point. It's kind of unfortunate they were kind of in that spot. They they were only given a few minutes. They did the best they could with the time that they had. But watching the match, I thought to myself, you remember how the New Age Outlaws got together? Yeah, they they brawl or they they feuded a little bit. Briefly. But they they were basically two guys spinning their wheels, mm-hmm. and so they decided what the hell. And apparently, it was a Vince McMahon rib. Let's take these two guys doing nothing and put them into a tag team. I, I looked. Remember, at, I remember Road Dog was out there, and he's like, "What are you doing with this dork honky tonk man? Come hang out with me." Right? <laughs> when I'm singing with my baby tonight. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought Murphy and Apollo, similar size, similar physique. I thought that could that could be a good tag team. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. I would love that. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, man. Buddy Murphy seemed downright sad when I talked to him this week. Really. But I, who knows? Maybe it's just a long media day. It was towards the Maybe. end of media day. I felt the same way about Ali. Yeah. I, uh, I which is that. now up on FightfulSelect.com. It is up on FightfulSelect.com. Yeah. Uh, this was a fun match. They hit hard. I love. Like I always mention the two types of moonsaults. There's the one where you basically bend your head back like that, and it's more the athletic moonsault that you'll see out of gymnasts. Mm-hmm. Then you'll see one where a guy like Apollo Crews just hurls his body up in the air. Mm-hmm. Knows he's in midair and just changes direction and falls on someone, and it looks amazing. Like, right. That's how Brock used to do a shooting star press. He would just throw his body up there, revolve it, and come down. Where Whereas uh, some of the smoother guys, like a ricochet, he'll take that bump a little bit differently. Uh, Rowan coming out here and doing this... I, I mean, you know what? Yeah. If, it, if it does anything with Murphy, maybe it'll get Murphy into a tag team with Reigns. Of course, yeah. they already did that with Cedric Alexander, and that didn't really go anywhere. But yeah. maybe they're going to go in that direction. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see. I liked how at the beginning, uh, Murphy hit the running knee right at the opening bell. Yes. And I also, I watching that for a second, I thought, oh, no, they're going to pin Apollo Crews in four seconds. But uh, but that was a good way to start, I thought. Justin Armenta, thank you for the super chat. He says, Buddy Murphy went from classics on house shows to being literally used as a punching bag, and I'm sad about that. We'll see how that ends up. Right. It might be a launching pad instead of a punching bag. Maybe. Let me talk to you about the best thing on this show, Jimmy. Yes. I couldn't believe it. Yes. I was there for history, Jimmy. I, I was sad that they didn't give him pyro. Well. Because he was there waiting for the pyro. Well, you know? let's talk about it. Elias yep. was there singing a song. Yeah. Crowd was all about him, but they knew what was coming. I don't think they knew it was going to be Edge. Oh, no, no. They knew that Elias was about to shit on them. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Brought up the Maple Leafs not winning a Stanley Cup. That was good. I'm not a Leaf fan, so I was cool with that. Yeah, brings up Kawhi leaving. Of (laughs) course, you gotta. Yeah. Then Edge's music hits. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, I was like, what's he going to do? Talk some trash? I thought they were just going to do a little promo, yeah. And And I see Elias backing up. I'm like, why is he backing up? And then Edge hit a goddamn spear. and I could not believe it. I, I got to be honest, man. That and The Fiend on this show are like neck and neck. Like, uh, no pun intended there. But Edge, <laughs> Edge speared someone for the first time since his retirement. And how long ago has it been? Eight years. Eight years. Eight plus years since he's had any physical contact. The closest contact he had 
with Seth Rollins kind of standing on his head, right. like threatening. Right. I did not see that coming. Nobody no. in the crowd saw it coming. I didn't either. No. That I can't wait to to watch that back and see how it looked on TV. I bet I bet his heart was just racing, knowing he was gonna be doing that. And the the thing is he seemed very content in retirement. Yes, he did. Like he moved to Asheville, North Carolina and yep. like kayaks all the time. Had two stuff. kids. And yep. I mean, has a great life, but that was a special moment. I was. I don't care that much about live shows. I'm glad I was there to see that. Edge was one of my last favorite wrestlers right. that I ever had. One of the greatest entrance uh, songs of any wrestler in the history of wrestling, in my opinion. I love that song for him. I just, I, I, I'm still a little bit in disbelief, and I got questions. Oh yeah, I got questions. Is he going to make a comeback? I mean, that's I don't what so. a lot of people are going to ask. Is he, he going to work so. a match? And here's the thing: a lot of people. He retired young, but he's not young. No, but it's it's a lot of risk to take. It is. Yeah. It is a lot it's of not risk worth to it. take. It's not worth it. Uh, and so, he doesn't want to come back and lay an egg either. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. One of the great performers of all time. And then you got Christian out there, and Christian retired under similar circumstances that Daniel Bryan did. Mm-hmm, that's right. And Christian, quite frankly, his last match, he was still at the top of his game. His last match was him earning a shot at the Intercontinental title. And yeah. he won it. I mean, Edge's last match, he defended the world title. Yeah, so, I mean, they so, were they were both at the top of their game sure. when they left. Yep. I get a lot of questions about this, and I'm going to try to get some answers. But uh, that was just That did shock the hell out of me, for sure. Yeah, I did not expect any physicality at and all. And Hannah Moore uh, sends a super chat and says, Keeping him off Raw Reunion was a, good, was a great move. I agree, because that would have diluted this a lot. Yeah. And, and him coming back and doing that. In this arena, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the Iconics. Um, the Iconics are really good doing what they do. They're, they're yep. type of shtick. But so basically, the the story of this match on the television broadcast. Uh, it started out with Corey Graves kind of crapping on the new Alexa, saying, I miss the evil Alexa. Yeah. That was kind of the the initial thing. But where the match went, because there really wasn't much to the match, but where it went was the Iconics were losing focus and getting frustrated by near falls. Yeah. Uh, when it started happening, it was actually quite funny, because I think it was Billy Kay that got a near fall, and both of them went nuts. Like like when when, when the kickout happened? Yeah. Both of them. Peyton Royce on the apron and Billy Kay, they both went ape shit. And I thought that was pretty funny. They are they are two of the most verbally hilarious wrestlers. Yes. Those two and Carmella uh, at yes, live Carmella, events. Yes, Carmella, yes. Carmella is very good as well. And then the finish was right along those lines where Peyton was so pissed off about a near fall, she distracted herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that allowed Alexa to basically punch her in the face at Twisted Bliss and get the pin. There wasn't a lot to it, but nah. that, was the, that was the story that, that they told. Not a lot to it. And I would love to – I don't need to see Iconics wrestle on TV. Mm-hmm. What I would like to see is them trying to get a tag team title rematch again by doing everything but wrestling. Right. Like, th- their backstage skits and all that stuff, that's gold. That's right. their best use. That I agree. That's what they're best at. At least right now, it's their best use. Right. I agree. Yeah, they're definitely good at that stuff. So, the main pay-per-view, Becky Lynch versus Natalia's submission match. This match was a blast to watch. Like. It was good. There there was one main issue that I had with oh, it. There, there were plenty of issues I had. Okay, well, I'll tell you a couple that I had. Now, overall, I thought it was good. I thought it told a really good story. Uh, on television, they explained that uh, there were no rope breaks. Yes. I don't know if you guys live were confused by that. Uh, well, when the ref kind of called one, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, on TV, they said there were no rope breaks, uh, no DQs, no, uh, dis- no uh, count outs because it was straight submission. Missions. Yeah. Here's the thing, and, and again, I kind of crap on Vincent Man sometimes because he's out of touch. 
just because Natalia is from Calgary doesn't mean that she is looked at as a Canadian icon. And with no disrespect to Natty, no disrespect to her, she's a respected veteran in wrestling. She's not looked at like that. She's not Bret Hart. She was over with the crowd. Uh, I mean, I was there, man. Yeah, she was over. So here, here, her, here's her what music, was her music hit, and it wasn't that big. But she came out with that flag. That was so was weak. Big. Like I felt like they were stretching with Why the flag. Do it? Why but then they? let me let me ask you this because I don't know if you if you could catch this live. So she comes out as the big baby face, right? She's got the Canadian flag, and she's doing the big looking at Becky, smiling like this. <clears throat> then a few minutes into the match, people were heckling her a bit because there was a big yeah, Becky contingent too, right? Yes, there was. Now, he turned, looked into the crowd, and said, "Shut up!" And I watched that, and I thought to myself, "So you're a heel now. You were a babyface before, and now you're a heel." And she worked a lot of the matches as a heel too. Well, especially for this crowd, I don't have as much of a problem with that because it was a very bipolar crowd. It was, it was a bipolar. It was very crowd. diverse throughout the night diverse, too. Yeah, it was. it was. I loved a lot of the submissions here. I loved Becky Lynch going for the sharpshooter. Yes, I loved her crawling all the way out of the ring to try to break the leverage yes. on Natalia's sharpshooter. Yeah, because again, there were no rope breaks, and so. I loved the sharpshooter like in like on the second rope. Yes, God, the, the use I had of the never seen that. I had never great. seen that. Yeah, so Bret Hart used to do the one at ringside, mm-hmm. uh, which is almost like a reverse sharpshooter. Yeah, I had never seen one like that where Becky <sighs> Becky was basically facing the ring post. Yes, uh, I had never seen that. That was very unique and then she used the ring post in order to pull herself out of it so uh yeah that was that was good they went both ways uh uh natty used the disarmor as well so i thought it was good that they that they pulled all those tricks out. so it's funny like of all the spots that got the audible (gasps) it was when natty ran over becky's back that spot she does the drop kick that got an interesting reaction to me really uh yeah i didn't expect that one to happen uh, the let's go Becky Becky sucks chants yeah. were very interesting and that happened often that happened later with Kofi stupid no yes. he's not yeah. and Kofi <laughs> yes. stupid Orton sucks yes uh, those happened as well yep man I really dug a lot of the transitions in and out of this I wondered how the stipulation would work with these two mm-hmm. it was the right stipulation it was the right stipulation I and, agree and it varied things it up just different. enough yep. and then when Becky Lynch got the win I mean She's still over. That's yep. the thing. Like, despite that weird Lacey Evans feud and Lacey, yep. how about this? Lacey and Baron haven't even been on TV since. I know. I, I actually am a fan of Lacey Evans' character. Yeah. Oh, her character, you know, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Baron Corbin, not so much. But I'm a fan of Lacey Evans' character. But yeah, they're, but they're both kind of in no man's land right now. Really dug Becky Lynch on this. Really dug Natalia. Yeah. I thought they did a great job, uh, especially considering that Natalia is perpetually just thrown away, and they brought her back for this, and she did well. I'll tell you what else I liked. Oh, uh, yeah? This Goldberg-Ziggler thing. Okay, so I'm going to give you my opinion on this. Okay. Uh, I expected it was going to be a squash. Goldberg looked pretty good. He still looks physically good for his age and oh, everything. Looks great. I expected that was going to be the situation. My opinion is that this was a reclamation project. Yeah. So my, my opinion is that WWE recognized, okay, he looked crap in Saudi Arabia. Losing to Taker is one thing, but he looked crap in Saudi Arabia. I don't think they're done with Goldberg yet. I don't. And this, I don't is, why, this is why I wondered if there's something's going to happen with the Matt Riddle thing. Uh, and so I looked at it like this was strictly a reclamation project to make Goldberg look strong again mm-hmm. at the expense of Dolph Ziggler. Did you see anything more than that in it? No, I thought that's what this was. And I thought that Dolph Ziggler was, about, was perhaps the safest opponent. Goldberg has ever had in his career. Right. Ever. Right. Ever, ever, ever. Because Dolph Ziggler will not, like, he's not going to let you ruin his integrity in the ring 
if you don't, if you don't have any. He's going to make sure that whatever's out there is at least passable. Right. Now let's talk about the Matt Riddle thing because it kind of works into this. Matt yep. Riddle was there tonight. He was on watch along. <laughs> And he was asked by people, and they, they knew what they were doing, putting him in that room during a Goldberg match, and it was very smart. Mm-hmm. And they said, how long do you think this match will go? And Matt Riddle said, if they're playing to Goldberg's strengths, it'll be one minute. If they want Matt Riddle to get juicy, it'll be ten minutes. <laughs> I thought that was great. He said that he... You mean if you want Goldberg to get juicy? Is that you meant? No, no, no. If he wanted, if they wanted Matt Riddle to oh, get Matt juicy Riddle on get the watch-along. Oh, I see. Juicy, I got it. It'd okay. be 10 minutes. Okay. So he said that he poked into <laughs> to Brock Lesnar's locker room earlier and then poked into Goldberg's and felt a big sh- hand on his shoulder, and it was Goldberg saying, we've got some talking to do. And Matt Riddle says, well, we can talk any time, bro. Yeah. And... <laughs> Matt Riddle said, well, okay, let's do it. And then Goldberg's like, well, I'm not your bro. What do you think about that? And then Riddle said, okay, bro. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's not forget when he told us about Triple H, basically super troopative. And then he goes, goes, and he looked at me really weird, and he walked away, (laughs) and he was super tan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what? If... We've talked about this before, and one of the reasons that AEW has done so well is because they understand that the online wrestling fan base is strong, right? Vince McMahon is still behind the times on that. He doesn't recognize that a lot of his fan base is on the internet. If Hunter, as we've talked about, understands it, right? So if they could understand, people are familiar with the story. Mm -hmm. They know what Matt Riddle's saying about Bill Goldberg. Just because they're not doing it on Raw, a lot of people know. If they use that and turn that into something, maybe say for the Royal Rumble, or if they even wait until WrestleMania, I would love to see that. I, you? I would love Bill Goldberg to come out at the Royal Rumble and then Matt Riddle eliminate him. Yeah, that would be great. And uh, as we've seen over the past week or so, Matt Riddle can play a heel. Yeah, and he well, can do it. He can do it really well. Too. I think he would get the babyface reaction. He I probably think, would. I think enough people know him. Here's my question: We know that Brock Lesnar doesn't really care about outcomes because he's uh, 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 what do they call it? A Money. prize fighter. Yeah. A prize fighter. If they tell Bill Goldberg, so here's what's going to happen because you know Goldberg probably doesn't like Matt Riddle. Oh, I'm sure. So if they tell him here's what's going to happen, he's going to eliminate you from the Rumble. You guys are going to have a match at WrestleMania. You're going to get a big payday, mm-hmm. but he's going to beat you clean. Mm-hmm. Do you think Goldberg would be like, uh-uh? I do, and you know what I think Matt would do? Matt would be like, well, if you got a problem with that, we can do it for real. Right. And that's exactly what he would say. That's how I feel. Right. Knowing Matt to the level that I do, I think that he would probably go, okay, bros, and let's do it for real and right. see how it ends up. And I, it would not end well for Bill Goldberg. No, I mean, especially at his bad. age and everything. Where do you think they go from here with Dolph Ziggler? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Hannah Moore super chat says Riddle kept kept yelling, "Let's go, Bill!" But we got to talk about what actually happened. Okay. Uh, two super kicks and Goldberg bumped well. He took those super kicks very well from where I was sitting. And you know what I loved about that? It was reminiscent of a Brock Lesnar match. Yes. Where the opponent tries to get to him early. Yeah. I really liked it. I, I thought, really liked it. I, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I I actually wondered for a second if Dolph was going to sneak out a quick pin. Yeah. You know. You want to talk about how. How it's how like how, how should I say this? Getting ten minutes out of Goldberg the way they did, uh, at like Saudi Arabia or whatever right. it was yep. that's bad. Yep. This is how you get eight or nine minutes out of Bill Goldberg, right? Because <laughs> hit the spear, hit the jackhammer, and Dolph Ziggler was phenomenal here. I yeah, 
Dolph, how do I say? Dolph Ziggler made Bill Goldberg tonight. He says anybody can get lucky twice. Yes. (laughs) That was phenomenal. He says he'll never be defeated. Uh, and he also said uh, he'll never stay down, and he said that while he was laying down. Ziggler had me tongue-tied because like, I didn't want to say Dolph Ziggler made Bill Goldberg, but it, like you mentioned, it was a reclamation project. Yeah, I think so. And Dolph Ziggler not only went out and made him once, he did it like two or three, three times. Three times. Three times. And it was hilarious. I just don't understand where they're going to go. The The final well, spear, you know what the well, final spear? What? I thought for sure Goldberg was going to go home after the second time. Yeah. But then he came back out. Yes, he did. That was amazing. And that running spear, did you notice on the running spear, uh, Dolph sold it to the extent that he actually ended up back on his feet? Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. That reminded me of Shawn Michaels. So, so, and it's kind of funny because everybody says that Dolph is a wannabe Shawn Michaels, which is the irony. Yeah. Shawn Michaels had a reputation. If he didn't like his opponent, he would oversell. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and, he, and he was known for it. And there was the match with Hulk Hogan at SummerSlam. Phenomenal. Where when Hogan hit the big boot on Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels sold it like he had been shot, basically, flopping all over the place. Uh, to the point that, I don't know if you remember the match, Hogan at one point turned around and looked, and Sean was still selling, like still on his feet, falling down, flopping oh, yeah. around. Dolph took that spear, flipped all the way through, ended up back on his feet. <laughs> I love and it. And then fell over. I love it. And, uh, and I, yeah, so I, it just reminded me of Shawn Michaels that he did that. I don't know where they're going to go with Dolph. I guess we'll have to find out. Tell me about the 24-7 segment because I didn't get to see it. Uh, but what you all can see is my interview with Truth and Carmella up on Fightful Select right now. They did some very creative stuff with both of them. Very creative. Mm-hmm. So first thing they did was uh, the pre-show panel. Yeah. Drake Maverick comes out without a shirt on. Okay. Uh, and they're shooting it so that you see the top of the table that they're all sitting at. Yeah. Right? Uh, and he's like, where are they? Where are they? Then all of a sudden you see Carmella and, and uh, Truce heads pop up like this. <laughs> they're, they're under the glass yeah. that the pre-show table is made out of. And Carmella sitting under the grass eating Twizzlers. Our <laughs> truth is sitting under the glass eating popcorn. Uh, and then finally they slip out and Drake sees them and they all run off. That was kind of the first sketch they okay. did. Then they did the thing with the New Day where uh, uh, they told Kofi that they had Drake there. Oh, God. Right? Yes. And Kofi's thinking, wow, Drake. And then it was Drake Maverick That's showing great. up in a Raptor jersey. And what I liked about it, too, was Drake looked at uh, Xavier and Big E after he was trying to make like he was Drake. Yeah. And he stopped and he's like, all right, you told me Truth was going to be here. Clearly he's not here. Now I feel like an idiot kind of thing. <laughs> but the best part of all was when they were introducing the international commentary teams. That was yeah. the best part. So it's like, okay, here's the team from this country. Here's And then you don't have the camera zooms. Yeah. So be like, here's this team. Zoom. Here's this team. Zoom. When they zoom for like the third time, it's Carmel and our truth in disguise. Oh, great. <laughs> Pretending to be international commentators. Oh, that's fantastic. And then Drake ran out, but by then they had already disappeared. I thought they were very creative in how they handled them on the show. Let's go ahead and talk about another backstage segment, Street Profits and the Ric Flair thing. That was that was harmless fun, I thought. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. We saw on TakeOver what those guys can do in the ring, uh, especially Montez Ford. Yeah. Uh, and knowing how good they can be in the ring, and you've got them at, at your disposal, yeah. but they choose to use them like that. It's cool that they had flair in there and everything, Yeah, but uh, they're underutilizing those guys. Major so much pop more. for that. Major pop for yeah. that. Uh, Ricochet and Styles was not as great as some of their previous matches. This felt like a Raw match. It did, and it's because of the story that they told. So last night on the TakeOver show, I talked about how, for me, 
Cole Gargano felt like the Young Bucks against Pentagon Phoenix in that you know you're going to see action, you know you're going to see excitement, but it's been done enough that I don't anticipate it anymore. For me, AJ Styles and Ricochet fits the bill with that. Uh, And basically the story they told was that Styles went after the leg in order to ground Ricochet, take away his aerial offense, uh, and then he was able to be methodical and, and kind of pick him apart. Yeah. And that's basically the story that they told. Uh, and so that's what happened. I will say this. Ricochet's selling was excellent. He's amazing at it. Like he, You know how sometimes some guys, they'll sell a, a body part in the moment, but then when they get, get on the offense, they forget. Yes. Ricochet was doing things like one-legged springboards. Yeah. Because he remembered that he had the bad leg. Yeah, that's why if you ever hear somebody say, oh, he just flips around and he doesn't sell, that seems to be a thing that a lot of people... Like, when one does one, they think that they do the other. Right. Young Bucks don't do that. Matt Jackson is one of the great sellers in wrestling. Ricochet is one of the great sellers in wrestling. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, this one wasn't quite there for me, but... uh, It was more about psychology than action. Yes, it was. Right. And, And that was a stark contrast from a lot of their previous matches. But, hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that. That's absolutely no, fine. I mean, I, I like I said, and I agree with you. I didn't think it was one of their better matches, but uh, I thought the Ricochet selling was good, and I also liked the creativity on the Styles Clash, where yeah, he, cut, like where he caught Ricochet because Ricochet was distracted, so he was able to recover, caught him, and hit the Styles. I thought that was pretty good too. Julian Weeks, thank you for the super chat. Says I think those lights were blinding you. The AJ Ricochet match was good. Well, they were blinding Jimmy too. Then uh, uh, I didn't I, think it was crap, but it, yeah. it was more about psychology than it was action. I didn't say it was bad. I just. Didn't think it was as good as some of their other ones. I, and I agree. And uh, Ricochet using the Anaconda Vice. Got some CM Punk chants there. Oh, did he? Uh, yeah. Okay, I didn't I mean, hear those on pockets TV. Pockets of it. Who okay. knows? Yeah. But um, what did you think of that goddamn bodysuit he was wearing? Yeah, so I understand he was going for a superhero vibe. He looked like he was going for a scuba diving de- well, you're, vibe. You're, you're, I wrote that on my thing here. I said it looked like he was wearing a scuba diving uh, outfit. That's I said what it, it looked, looked like. like he was wearing a Trojan Magnum. That's right. You said that on social media. Yeah, and all these people were like, oh, it's Nightwing. Oh, it's Black Panther. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't need corrected. Obviously, I didn't think he was w- really wearing a condom. I mean, at least <laughs> in the ring. I don't know what he wears under his gear. You know what Graves said? What? Graves said, when you have abs like that, why the hell are you covering them up? That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, CM says, the bodysuit. My God, no. Lonnie Barker says, please tell my wife, Ken, that Brock's contract is up. I do not believe it is. He's Corey, not going anywhere. Corey Cropper, also known as uh, Nikita Krylov fan, also known as Notoriously Cheap, actually sent a super jet and says, <laughs> are you bringing back a Vlad Jr. jersey to Ewing? Uh, only he would know where Ewing is. Uh, but no, I'm not. I uh, learned that Canadian sizes are actually smaller than American. This Jimmy. is true. That's actually but, the truth. Because I bought, like... To a pair of medium sweat shorts and uh, shirt that I can't remember where I got them from. They're Kara's now. Right. I'm like, I'm not even taking them back. I'm just going to give them to her. I have bought clothes for my children in the U.S. before, and they're oh, swimming gosh. in them. Yeah. I don't know what that says about you know American hey, sizes, but uh, that is the case. Look at it this case. way. In three years, it'll fit them. It's fair. It's fair. It's a way to look at it. Up next, Bailey Ember Moon. Mixed reaction for Bailey. This always happens in Toronto. Um, yeah, you know what? This one to me, uh, first off, uh, uh, stars painted in her hair. That was new. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that before. It was interesting. Yeah. Uh, to me, this match was the victim of poor booking. Uh, 
Oh, hell yeah. Because these girls busted their asses. And, and as a matter of fact, there was innovation in this match, I thought. Yeah. There was a lot of top rope offense. Yeah. A lot of top rope offense. Uh, they really tried really hard, and the crowd was dead, at least on TV. It yeah. looked like the crowd was dead. And it's because they weren't invested in it because the, the, the storyline was stupid. They made Ember Moon look dumb on television every week. And so they were really behind the eight ball in this one, but I thought they really worked hard, and uh, I think a better crowd would have been a better match. I, I agree with that, and Ember Moon was just perpetually beaten down on TV That's and it. lost matches and That's all it. this stuff. And then she loses again, and I'm like, well, what do you, what do you go into now? Yep. Uh, I see that you mentioned the Tree of Woe into an elbow drop. Yep. I really dig that. Uh, the Hey Bailey song started in the top parts of the... the yep. It was such a wild, different It started crowd. to grow a little bit. Uh, yeah. On television, it started to grow, but it died out pretty quickly as well. Uh, I really liked uh, Ember Moon. Did a lot of good stuff. Like she was, she was laying flat down on the mat. Quickly did a nip up and do a head scissors takedown. I yeah, thought that was really really good. I dug that. Uh, there were a lot of spots that I liked. The power bomb spot, yes, was one that I enjoyed. These, I mean, the thing is. They get ten minutes. They go balls to the wall. They're going to have a good match. They're That's two right. great performers. I agree. Bailey. I mean, because of her gimmick, a lot of people don't. I guess maybe don't give her the credit for it. She lays her shit in real oh, yeah. hard, man. She does. She does. I mean, they both did. Uh, Ember hit that. I don't even know what you call it. It was like an overhead go to sleep. Oh yeah. Of. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Alex pointed this out because the joke with Alex is where does Ember Moon fit into this? Because. I joke that he says that about everything. Like, there could be a match between Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre. Right. He's like, yeah, I understand, but where does Ember Moon fit into all of this? <laughs> uh, well, he put, in case you wondered where Ember Moon fit into this, she just did a Yokosuka cutter into, like, a go-to-sleep. But that's what it was. It was the move that Bobby Lashley was using for a little while. Right. She flips it around and hits that go-to-sleep right. kick. That was amazing. Yeah, it looked good. The crowd popped for that. This it was looked just good. Unbelievable yep. stuff there out of her. Yep. She's got to get something better. She's got to get something better. And you know what? So do all of you. And yeah, I'm looking at my phone for this ad read. But when you text GGB, <laughs> I see. Really? You're OPP. doing it again? <laughs> that is GGBizOp to 8700. You'll get your chance to stand out. You'll get your chance to make your own hours. You'll get your chance to do all that. The Grounds Guys, a neighborly company, will help you do that. With the Grounds Guys, you're going to be your own boss. You're going to pick your own territory, set your own hours. They're looking for new owners to join their growing company. It could be the perfect opportunity for you if you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur. If you want to make your own hours, if you want to make your own uh, opportunities, text GG. B-I-Z-O-P-P, also known as GG Biz Op, that's Grounds Guys Biz Opportunity, to 87000. When choosing to start your own business with the Grounds Guys, it means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in business and the best at business. I'll tell you what, Jimmy gives me a lot of freedom. I work a lot of hours, but that freedom, like in the back of my mind, knowing that if I need to take a day, it, it helps. You can do that with the Grounds guys. You can do that with Neighborly. Neighborly has a bunch of companies, a bunch of award-winning companies, like 22 of them, uh, between uh, like Mosquito Joe, uh, I think it's Molly Mae, Glass Doctor, a bunch more. And Grounds guys are another great uh, company. G-G-B-I-Z-O-P-P to 87000. That's G-G-Biz-Op. 
There you go. Check them out. Grounds guys, neighborly. We're so glad to have them uh, a part of our family at Fightful. And Jimmy, I saw some of your your groundskeeping, your landscaping today. You're at my house today. You, you got to trust professionals, don't you? I do. I, I do. I have a gardener. I mean, you have to do it. You got to do it. The yeah. grounds guys, my friends, uh, get it done. What's up next, Jimmy? Ko Shane McMahon. I really enjoyed it a lot. I did too. The I live really crowd sure it. did too. And I and I got to tell you, I and I think I'm not alone in saying this. I'm not a fan of Shane McMahon in the ring. His uh, his punches are utter trash. Uh, and I and I you know if he wasn't Vince's son, he wouldn't be there. Here's obviously, the as a guy who had done a little training in the striking in my days, those are actually pretty good strikes from a shoot perspective. But when you've been conditioned to see something else, like he doesn't. They call it like, registering. He pulls program. them, and he yeah. and he pulls them by like a foot. That, that's, and that's the, the thing. Yes, he spent a lot of time training with Phil Nurse. Right. So, from a technical aspect, his punches are good, but right. when they don't ever make contact, right, that's the problem. And maybe I, I, it's just me spitballing here. Maybe he's afraid to do it because he's been known to potato people in the past. Maybe, and, and maybe. that's before he trained with one of the great Muay Thai yeah. teachers in the world. It could be, but that, for that reason, I've never been a fan of Shane McMahon in the ring, but I felt like his usage here was perfect. Yeah. Because he was there to get Kevin Owens over. And uh, I just thought it was a lot of fun. I thought KO looked like a star in that match. Uh it's kind of ironic because I, I looked at Kevin Owens and I thought to myself, that's kind of what WWE wanted for Natalia tonight. Yeah. Uh, but Kevin Owens was the one that got that Canadian response. Do you like his uh, Raptors theme shirt? Uh, yeah, the circle on the front, and then the back said, uh, Fight Toronto, Fight, and it said it in the We the North lettering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and that was fine. And then, uh, even though Elias was out there as the guest enforcer, he didn't really get the best of KO at all. I mean, yeah, he got no. in the way a few times. But he didn't get the best of them. And you know what I also really liked about it? It was reminiscent of the Gargano first fall at TakeOver, yeah. right? Where they threw the, the, the chair in the ring because they wanted KO to use the chair sure. and get disqualified because he put his career on the line. So they wanted him to use it and get disqualified. If you didn't see TakeOver, Gargano in the first fall uh, last night used a chair even though the referee said, I will disqualify you if yeah. you do this. And he did it anyway and kind of looked foolish. KO teased it. But then he dropped it. He looked at Elias and he said, "You really think I'm going to do this?" Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I just thought it was really a really fun match. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, that's it. Heavy, you can't wrestle chance, which don't happen much anymore. Right. Don't happen much anymore. Right. What do you think of Kevin Owens now? Now that he's not using the pop up as a finish, he's doing like a sit down version. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I think he could... Who was it that used to always talk about? I think it was Baron Corbin, mm-hmm. where he used to say that he should use all of his moves and try to get a pin on all of them because they all look good. KO could still use the pop-up powerbomb for a finish. He yeah, could still sure. use it. Uh, he just didn't tonight. I mean, the stunner is his thing now, I guess. Well, I really but, dig that he goes from Swanton on one corner, goes right back up and hits a, what he calls the bullfrog splash. Yes. At least what some announcers call... That's good. Uh, I like Shane using the float over DDT. Yep. Uh, nobody does it like The Rock does it, but... He does uh, all right, though. Yeah, he, he does it all right, and nobody else is doing it. Nobody else has done it for yep. a long time. Even though on those WWE games, they give that move to everybody. That's like a default move they give to everybody. That and a neck breaker the same way. Uh, KO beat the shit out of Elias with that chair. Yes, he did. Real bad. He did, and uh, the finish, again, was kind of reminiscent of the Drew Gulak finish, where uh, KO brought the chair in on purpose because he wanted the referee to have to get it out, 
Yeah. And then while the referee's busy with that, you low blow chain. Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, phenomenal. Yeah, then hit the stunner and got the win. I, it was a fun match. It was it was a star making match to me for Kevin Owens. Yeah. And now they can put a nice little bow on that program, mm-hmm. get Shane McMahon out of the way, and uh, move KO on. So I mean, like low blows, people are like, "Oh, is that a heel tactic?" It's a clever tactic, and it's, it's Kevin fun, Owens. It's a funny tactic. Yeah, and it's Kevin Owens. Yeah, like Kevin Owens is never going to be your white meat baby face. I'll, I'll take that over his dumb baby face reactions when when. Uh, when he's getting distracted by Elias. Right. Yeah. Uh, Charlotte and Trish Stratus. Trish got uh, a, a pretty good reaction, but not the one that... No. Uh, I, I didn't know how it was live on TV. It didn't sound like she got much of a reaction at all. Live, it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, I told you, uh, I had somebody message me and say that they went like, I don't know, 10 minutes over? Like, they, they almost doubled what time they were doing, and a lot of matches went over. I don't... Yeah, I... I'm trying to understand how that would happen. Well, I mean, there's there's no time limit. There, truly, they have a little bit more freedom. This ain't like Raw. They gotta go off the air at eleven yeah, on the dot. Yeah. This is WWE Network. But how do you get all your stuff in if you think you're going out there for eight minutes? Because there was a lot of elaborate not stuff really in this up match. To them. Not really up to them. I know, I guess, but there was a lot of elaborate stuff in this match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so it felt like it needed the whole sixteen minutes. This, to me, was the match of the night. I, I like this match. Uh, I really Trish, loved it. I really Trish liked had it. had some of her modern, or, well, some of her classic offense yep. uh, mixed in there with some of her cl- uh, new offense that yes, she did. I agree. Like she altered some things. And I got to tell you guys, Trish Stratus, impossibly nice. That that woman is just a gem. She was great to talk well, to. Well, she's Canadian. That's true. That's true. I, uh, I love this match. So Trish Stratus, to me, of the, say, Attitude Era, I consider her the best female performer of that sure. era. Charlotte might be the best ever. She might be the best ever. From a performance standpoint, wrestling standpoint? From what? an overall package okay, standpoint. Yeah. And when I was watching this match, I thought to myself, Charlotte's presence, uh, the way she plays the heel, the way she plays the crowd, the way she talks trash, no one on the roster has it. Yeah. No one. There is not one other girl on the roster that does it the way that she does it. She's yeah. like her dad. She even did little things, like she pulled down her knee pad yeah. to drop a knee. Yeah. No, tell me one other girl on the roster that thinks to do stuff I mean, like there, that. There are so many people that live in the shadows of their parents. And yes. Charlotte is not living. No. Like, does no. she borrow elements? Yeah, sure. Yeah, she does. And I, I think because she's a female, it actually works better. It works for her. Yes. Because it's not like, hey, here I am, a direct ripoff. It's, I agree. It, it's a little bit different because of because she's a woman, and yep. it, it works so well for her. Yeah, I think Charlotte is just fantastic. She's a fantastic heel. Uh, and I thought that her and Trish, I thought there was good chemistry between them because Trish is kind of like your classic babyface. Yeah. Uh, and Charlotte, I can't believe they tried to babyface her with Charlotte. Remember? Yeah. She's <laughs> she's an incredible bad guy. She's, she's incredible, incredible. What and about that size difference? Yeah. My God. I mean, in boots, Trish is like five two. You know. So uh, it's funny because the first time I ever saw Jessamine Duke was at an amateur MMA fight like six seven years ago. Yep. And this was well before, like, Charlotte was ever involved in wrestling. And I remember the first time I had a one-on-one conversation with her, I was like, hey, listen, I know you're legit one of the top 145-pound prospects in the world at that mm-hmm. time. You should consider pro wrestling because there aren't a lot of six-foot-tall athletic women that are involved in that. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a little bit more. Charlotte's one of those. And you got this this woman. She towered over Trish. Yeah, she did. Like, they... And Trish has leaned out a lot since, yeah. since her wrestling days. Because, I mean, 
mainly sticks to yoga and yep. all that. Yep. Um, I know that she did some training with Rob Fuego, but you know the landscape is so different. That, that's kind of the point I was trying to make. That when I was talking to Jessamine about this, this was six years after Trish had retired. Right. And there still weren't women of that size with regularity. There was Michelle McCool, but yep. I mean, nobody will accuse her of being super worker or anything like that. Now that is far more common. You're seeing like the Rhea Ripley's of the world. You're seeing a lot of people like that that are Charlotte size in right. there. But that really, it really is. It shows that generation gap between the two. Yeah, Trish I mean, was Lita, Lita was a little taller, and yeah, there, and there mean, were I, some that were a little taller. But Trish was always one of the smaller girls, even back in the day. But I think if you put her next to Charlotte too. It it look probably crazy. I think it yeah, looked crazy probably I uh, I so the story they told of this match and I really I just really liked the match was Charlotte thought in her mind that Trish was not competition yeah she thought in her mind that she's an old lady she's from a previous generation this is this is an easy matchup she talked trash the entire match yeah she did uh, and was laughing uh, at Trish. and she was laughing yeah I could see it from where I was sitting that yep. was pretty cool she when when Charlotte set up for the moonsault. Uh, she was laughing at Trish when she set up, and then of course she missed the moonsault. Then, as the match progressed, and Trish was getting in all this good stuff, yeah, her and Kanranas and chick kicks, and she got in the uh, the uh, bulldog off the ropes and everything. Then Charlotte's facial expressions changed. Mm-hmm. Then she had a facial expression that was like, "God damn," you know what I mean? Like I this love is it. oh, it was it was great. And then they both came up from their knees, yeah, punching and slapping and chopping, and I just really liked it. I thought it was really good, and I think the finish was the right finish. The right facial expressions can make some make a match. Do you remember when Bret Hart like took an arm drag from one two three kid? Yes, and he he knew where the camera was, and he knew the camera would catch him like shaking his head, like okay, I got to take this person who's looks like he's half my size a little more seriously than when I'm taking him. Right, Charlotte did that. With a legend. You had two modern-day workhorses in Dolph Ziggler and Charlotte Flair who made these legends look like a million bucks and and really put them over. I mean, Trish, Trish did a really good job, but there's no question that Charlotte carried it. Yeah, uh, and and there were times because you got to remember Trish had been out of the ring in terms of singles matches for a long time. There were times that she was sloppy on spots or like she lost her grip on spots or whatever. The chick kick didn't look good from where I was standing, but I, from my point of view or from the TV point of view, she was kicking at Charlotte, so Charlotte's back of her head was kind of to the camera, yeah. so you couldn't really tell. Yeah, and but, uh, I loved Trish doing the figure eight. Yeah, that was a great spot. It was, yep, it was really good. Uh, early on, uh, Trish went for the uh, Fez press a couple times because that was one of her moves back in the day. Yeah, she went for a couple of times, and Charlotte kept on pushing her off. So then she hit it uh, from the ring apron to the floor. She got the Fez yeah. press in, uh, and then also when she went for remember when she used to do the uh, somersault into the corner head scissors takeover. Yeah, she went for that. Charlotte blocked it. Teased a power bomb off the ropes. Oh, I love that! And then Trish on the way down was able to flip it into her and can run it. There was a lot of good stuff in this match. I yeah. really liked it. To me, this was the match of the night. Kofi Kingston retained against Randy Orton. Did they announce on TV what the result of this was? Because live we didn't hear anything. Um, count out, I believe. You don't like Kofi with the pancakes, huh? No. I interviewed him in a pancake sweatsuit. I know you did. He told me he got it like off one of those Facebook ads yeah. for some reason. Uh, some slap dick next to us kicked my camera uh, while... Yeah, that's why the audio cut out. Oh. Like, kind of kicked our tripod. Not intentionally. Yeah, okay, but, not intentionally. Uh, okay. I mean, let me say this about Kofi. 
I know you've used Daniel Cormier as an example of champions can be goofy, right? And I've seen the video where he's like dancing behind ice cream or something. Here's the difference, and this is my opinion. <laughs> Kofi Kingston does this shit on his way to the ring for a title defense. But he doesn't do it during the match. Well, Daniel Cormier, fact, Daniel it, Cormier doesn't dance to cakes on it, his way down to the cage. He might. He doesn't. There have been a lot of MMA fighters that pick like really dorky, cheesy songs. Sure, but Cormier as champion, as the example, he's he, all business. When it's time to go out for the fight, he's all business. Well, if mean, Kofi wants to do pancakes during promos, if he wants to do shit in backstage segments, that's fine. Well, when, when, when you're going out for a title match at SummerSlam, which is supposed to be a big match. Maybe he's carb loading. <laughs> Maybe. I had some good Canadian Maybe. pancakes this week. Where'd you go? Um, it was I, shit. We went with chili. It was Sunrise Grill, maybe. Sun, okay, Sunrise, Sunrise Grill. Yeah. Okay. It was, they were pretty good pancakes. I got to say, they were good. they were very good. You found some good food um, around here. That's good. Yeah, this was a slow and methodical match. Uh, the comeback was really good. He hit the boom drop and yelled "stupid." Yep. Uh, the crowd. Like, this was a divisive crowd. My God. It was. And for me, there was one thing that I will remember from this match. Yeah. Kofi Kingston did a coffin drop. Did you yes. catch that? Well, uh, it's a little bit Had he done it before? Oh, that's yeah, that's a trust fall. He does that all the time. From the top rope to the floor? Yes. I, okay, I, I, guess I, I guess I hadn't paid attention. Watch the show, yeah, Jimmy. I guess I hadn't paid attention. Watch the show. I guess so. Aaron guess Jay's so. fan, thank you for the super chat, says, Got home from SummerSlam doing Raw and SmackDown. I am not. I am heading home. I will be, uh, at this time tomorrow, I will hopefully be editing our uh, Monday Night Raw review that I will hopefully be able to do from uh, my office, but... Let me ask you this question. So they ended it the way they ended it. Obviously, it's because the program is going to continue. And it probably should. How many matches, how many months do you think they're going to stretch this out? I think they should do it one more month. One more time. May, okay, what is next month? September? Yeah, Class of Champions, I think. So September. Wouldn't mind... Or Night of Champions. Wouldn't mind it going through September and then culminating on the first SmackDown. Okay. The first SmackDown on Fox with a clean win, Kofi. With a, with a clean win for Kofi, uh, I would I would really dig that. So they go outside, and Orton is I believe those were Kofi's kids. Yes. Okay. Because obviously we couldn't hear. Yeah. Kofi goes bananas as he should. Yep. Uh, and then because Randy was staring right at. Yeah. Him. Beats so. the crap out of uh, Randy Orton with a kendo stick. Yep. Could you hear the chants from the crowd every time he hit Randy Orton? They would go stupid, stupid, yes, stupid. Yes, that was very cool. Yeah, that was like something you couldn't get in any other program ever. Right, that ruled. Right. There was this little kid. I say little, maybe he's twelve, thirteen. I don't know. He had clearly just been to a blue, the Blue Jays game today. Okay. Had his glove with him and everything. He sat there alone, what? silent. Yeah, by himself. By himself. There was a little kid there by himself, like twelve, thirteen years old, by himself. That's not right. Sat Where's silent. the parents at? Sat silent all night until Kofi Kingston came out. He probably sat silent all night because he's like, I'm here without my parents. Yeah, probably. Got That's some issues. Ridiculous. But uh, Kofi Kingston was uh, his was the guy he was there to see. Bullshit chance for this, though. What did you think? I, I didn't have that much of a problem with it. So but. here's how I look at it. So the, the way that it, the mentality used to be that you have clean finishes on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, and so I can understand, obviously, people paid a ticket. Not like they paid a ticket to see Kofi Randy Orton, but they paid a ticket to a live show. You want to see a definitive finish. I mean, maybe some people did. Well, maybe, but here's that, how... I mean, that kid apparently did. I, well, I guess, but here's how I look at it. The landscape has obviously changed. Uh, 
pay-per-view is no longer their primary source of revenue. And so for me, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially on pay-per-view, when you're paying nine ninety nine, you can stand to be ripped off here and there, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, you, you can. And and the company's getting $200 million a year from USA and Fox. So, yeah. you know what I mean? They can they can afford to have one match end in a DQ. Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up if or you're Canada. watching this video live. Or if you're not watching it live, leave a comment. Uh, even if you're on the live chat, scroll down to the comment board. Uh, tell us your favorite thing on SummerSlam tonight. That stuff really helps. Really helps the engagement. Really helps. Make sure you subscribe. We also have uh, a channel for our MMA clips. That's YouTube.com/slash Fightful MMA Boxing. So you can support us directly by subscribing to FightfulSelect.com. I need. I'm about to just douse myself in this water, Jimmy. <laughs> after this Bray Wyatt thing. Um, so on the pre-show. In case you didn't see it in the arena. I didn't. Uh, the OC approached Finn Balor. Okay. And the OC said, just say the word. Say That's the word. Great. Say the word and we'll be able to help. Yeah. Uh, and I saw that and I thought, there's your tease for his return right there. It's perfect. Yeah. I thought it was really good they did that. Of course, he didn't ask for their help. Yeah. This was one of the greatest. I'm trying to think of re-debuts. Uh, and the only one I can think of in terms of a re-debut is when Taker came back as Biker Taker. Yeah, that was a good one, too. Uh, and that was a really good one, too. That's great. When he had the, the, the girls, you know, now I lay me down to sleep yeah. and all that. that. That was really good. One of the greatest re-debuts ever. The uh, lamp was a little bit freaky. <sighs> I didn't get to see the lamp up close. Uh, it was, was it was about it. It was the old Bray Wyatt's head with amazing. the mouth wide open and the light was in his mouth. That's amazing. It looked, it almost looked like a horror movie type of prop. And that's that's what I've always said about Bray Wyatt. Yes. He, he can't be a dead wizard. You can't do no. that in wrestling anymore. Yeah. You got to do the horror movie villain. And yep. whether, whether or not he's the baby face or not. Because yep. let's be honest, sometimes Jason and Freddy turn into like baby faces. Yes, he did sometimes. Like sometimes that shit happens. Sometimes you want him to win. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, so in the arena, yep. everything goes out. The Firefly Funhouse plays. And the yep. crowd goes nuts. But then you're wanting to hear, like, what's the music going to be? Yep. And the fact that they covered his old theme yes. was perfect. It was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> Who did it? Who did it? You're brilliant. Whoever it did was. it, it you're was. brilliant. It was an edgier, you know, kind of more metal yeah. version. And I agree. I thought it was perfect. I also liked that Bray added new offense. Yes. Uh, and it reminded me of The Missing Link. If, 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 if people aren't familiar with The Missing Link, he used to have a tuft of hair on the back of his head. He would grab the tuft of hair and he would thrust a headbutt into you. And it was a finish. Bray Wyatt Irish whipped Finn into the ropes. And when he came off the ropes, all he did was stand there and headbutt him. Yeah. Uh, and Finn Balor took a bump off of it. That was something new. I was surprised that Bray took as much offense as he did. Uh, I was surprised that he bumped before the coup de gras attempt. Yes. But uh, this was a very memorable re-debut. His look is incredible. It was great. Uh, Mandible Claw is great. And they can come up with so many creative ways to do it, yeah. too. Finn right? Balor should, should not have gotten as much offense as he did. No, no. no. I, I thought the drop kicks were fine knocking him into the corner. Mm -hmm. That was fine. Yeah. But they did one where he knocked him into the corner like that, and then Bray stepped out of the corner, and then he took a bump. Yeah. The, thought he shouldn't have done that. The only thing that I think should have happened is Finn should have maybe got out of the... Mandible? No, not the Mandible Claw. The Sister Abigail. Because as Warren Hayes pointed out, it was kind of like Bray knew that his old tricks wouldn't work. Right. As is tradition for him. Right. And he had to go to the Mandible Claw. And that would have been the spot where I, I would have thought that Finn could have got a little offense, teased the coup de gras, Mandible Claw. But I love that. I love the pinfall. Yes. Uh, off the Mandible Claw. Yep. 
reminded me a lot of Mankind doing it, but it also yep. reminded me of Ming with the Tongan Death Grip as well. Yep. Uh, I like that type of stuff, and when I was a kid, I hated those moves. But now, they work. It just works, man. When you just mentioned the pinfall, it just reminded me about something from the Trish match. Uh, that oh, yeah. I, and I and I wonder if you guys saw this in the arena when Trish put the figure eight on Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Trish was laying down on the mat like this, mm-hmm. uh, not before she put her, before she put it on. I think right before she she arched yeah, up, sure. she was laying on the mat like this. Corey Graves was going ballistic. He should have then. Yes, he was going ballistic about count her down, count her down, her shoulders yeah. are down. And I watched that thinking to myself, Trish is a veteran. I'm surprised she let that happen. Yeah, well, I mean, she also hasn't been in there for quite a while, it's true. too. It's true. Uh, that, that is ring rust. Uh, yep. Finn, Finn Balor looks like he's going to take some time off for yep. a while, yep. and he should. Yes. He should not be back for a while. I haven't seen much motivation out of him from a promo, from an in-ring. Mm-hmm. I thought last year his in-ring got really, really great. Mm-hmm. This year it hasn't been as much. I also don't understand his character. Because all he does is go like He's this with Fonzie. his... That's he it. goes like that with his hands all the time. And then he pulls up the thing from the jacket. He's got, he's got a great entrance. Yeah. Thermostat Mind says, Jason Voorhees took bumps. Still scary as hell. Yeah, sure. But I mean, uh, there were definitely times. There were definitely times you wanted Jason Voorhees to get the kill. You Jason know Voorhees about? wasn't taking bumps in the first five minutes of the movie, and this is the first five minutes of Bray <laughs> Wyatt's movie. Rob Wilkins says, "SRS, safe flight home for you and the wife. Great coverage. You'll see even more of it in the coming weeks." Korosami nineteen ninety seven asks, "Truth to any reports of Becky and Seth taking time off? I don't know. I will ask. I would be surprised. Seth just won the Universal title. Yeah, I would be shocked. This is Becky's." This is Becky's best chance to make money ever. And she's on the cover of 2K20. Yes. She will never have a better time to make money than right now. I agree. And Seth Rollins, speaking of, new Universal Champion, didn't think they would do it, Jimmy. No, I didn't either, and I loved the match. And, and you know, we've talked before on this podcast about how I am a fan of Brock Lesnar. I know, yeah. I know a lot of people aren't. The reason I'm a fan of Brock Lesnar, as I've talked about, is I enjoy pro wrestling when I can suspend my disbelief. Yeah. That's why I'm not into the Young Bucks and some of their goofy shit. Uh, Brock Lesnar, when he's in there, you believe what he's doing is yeah, going to hurt. sure. You believe it. And what I love about Brock Lesnar, too, is that he comes off like he can beat you at any time. Yeah. He can get you in the F5, and typically guys don't kick out when he hits it. And so uh, just like Dolph and, uh, and Goldberg, Seth came out just guns a-blazing at the opening bell. Guns a-blazing. He got the, uh, the stomp almost immediately. Uh, and then Brock got an F5 yeah. almost immediately. I really liked the match. I thought it was really good. I, th- I thought Seth looked really good in it. And uh, took a beating, but he looked good in it. And he won decisively. And so we'll see where they go with Brock from here. Yeah, and my thing is, if you were going to have Brock win the title and then lose the title so quickly, I, I really think from a, a show quality standpoint, just having him keep the Money in the Bank briefcase would have been better. I mean, obviously, it's Vince McMahon hot-shotting. Yeah. Like, I, th- I I think he thought we need that. We need Brock on SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, if it was me, uh, there are rumors that they're going to go back to split brands come October, come the fall. They better. I would put Brock on SmackDown because you, you need a guy on Fox of his caliber. I would move him to SmackDown, and that way... Raw. Huh? Who do you have on Raw, though? Reigns isn't there. They'd have to figure something out, I guess. I mean, Brock's not there every week anyway. Yeah. But I would move him to SmackDown because then you have a name for Fox and he can go after the WWE title. Yeah. Uh, Corey Cropper says, are you and Scott Stapp the same person? Uh, I don't know what you're referencing. <laughs> uh, so I, I like this. The stomp early on. Yep. 
And considering the nature of the last two matches between these yep. two, it sold some tickets there. And by that, I don't mean put asses in seats. I mean, made people think that this was going to be the finish. Mm-hmm. I, I yes. bought it. I bought it. I did, too. And that's kind of cool that they, yep. in their two abrupt matches that have happened, yep. you, you can kind of buy that. Yep. It's pretty cool. Yep. And and th- this is what I like about Brock Lesnar matches, too, is he hits the F5 and you think that could be it. Yes. Uh, but they did a lot more stuff in this match. Uh, you know, Brock took the gloves off. He was working over the midsection because that was the story they were trying I, to tell. I loved him throwing Seth around with that rib tape. Mm-hmm. That was yep. cool. Picking him up and spinning him around. That was amazing. Yep, it was good. And then uh, the uh, uh, when Brock cleared the table and then Seth knocked him onto it, went up, frog yeah. splashed through the table. I mean... Looked good? I don't know if it's a complaint or anything, but... I was way up. I could tell from all the way up that that table was gimmicked. Oh, really? Could tell. Like I even pointed it out to Kara. I was like, "Hey, that table's got a pad on it. It's very clear from oh, all really? the way up here. Okay, that it's got a pad on it. So people on the other end of the arena probably couldn't tell. Right. Uh, but it, I mean, when when you know to look for that type of thing, you, you could see it there. Right. And hey, I'm glad that they they have started doing that. It makes makes the table safer. Right. I'm not here to complain about that. I'm just saying you could you could tell. This was just a really good match. I really liked it. It was intense. It was intense. There are a few things I like more than a real good Brock Lesnar match. I agree. I mean, obviously, he's had some stinkers. Yeah, sure. Uh, Some of the stuff with Taker wasn't the greatest. But uh, I just, what can I say? I'm a Brock Lesnar fan. The guy's believable. Yeah. He's believable, and and it seems like with him, he can beat you at, at any given moment. And so, and they they spent so much time building him up as this monster that when a guy like Seth Rollins gets the best of him, the crowd gets behind it because you don't see yeah. it every day, you know? So uh, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was a good way to cap off the show. Seth Rollins ends up picking up the win. Yep. I like it because I, do too. I want to see the champion and the top prize there every week. Yeah, you got very emotional too. Now, what I don't want to see, so we hit the bricks right after that. We heard the pyro from the end of the road. Okay. Like, that's pretty cool too. Yep. Like, that we, we heard it. All the way down the street. That's nuts. <laughs> okay. But, um. You sure there wasn't some kind of a criminal, uh, element downtown? At yeah, that time? our goddamn Uber driver. <laughs> the worst Uber driver ever, Jimmy. Ever. Almost killed us multiple you times. You almost got a Jericho promo on that one. Oh, yeah. It was bad. I, I was not happy with that. But I was pretty happy with SummerSlam. I thought I was it was too. solid. Yep, me too. I, I mean,. Will I remember forever? Yeah, I was there. I yep. got to see Edge. I got to see The Fiend. I got to see a universal title change. Yep. I got to see some cool Trish stuff. as well. Trish Charlotte. Yeah, I got great. to see Trish Stratus, what they're saying is her last I match. think so. I think so. Yeah. And uh, I have an interview with her coming up on Fightful. I've got interviews with Matt Hardy, Buddy Murphy, Ali, R-Truth, Carmella, Braun Strowman, Big E, Kofi Kingston. Uh, I... I too many to, to count. I did Alexa 20, Bliss. Alexa Bliss. Drew I did McIntyre. Twenty two interviews this week. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Honor Television Champion Shane Taylor. Smash Wrestling Sebastian Suave, who was in the the Riddle segment last night. We had Jordan Grace in studio. We had the NWA World Women's Champion uh, Allison Kay in studio. We had RJ City, who I keep telling you guys is my best interview ever, and I'm not sure if we even talked about wrestling. That was an experience. Uh, you all are going to have to check that out. You came to my house. You saw, saw my LJN collection. We, we filmed content with your LJN collection. We did. We did. I'm going to beg Brady 
to uh, edit that because there's no way that I can do it in a good way. I <laughs> know. There's no way I'm good enough to do that. And it's not going up raw. I got it you. It is not going up raw. Uh, I said some things on there that Jimmy was mad about. I just said they're coming out. He they're was out. mad about. <laughs> That's not uh, true. Remember? It's not true. Text GGBIZOPP87000. Leave a thumbs up on this video. But, Jimmy, three shows in one week. It's pretty wild. You're flying me home tomorrow just so I can come back Wednesday and do right. the show here again. That's You know what we need to figure out? We need to figure out how to set up your studio to look like this. Then when we have the split in between, it'll almost look like we're together. Well, lucky for you, I have a solution. Hit me with that down payment. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that down payment. Because uh, Jimmy and I were talking like at his house. I've got plans. I've, I see this studio, and this show can't do this studio justice. There is a complete wing over there that you all haven't even seen. Like, it, this is also kind of weird. My face is everywhere in here. Uh, well, let me see. So there's a mask over there. Where's the rubber mask? Well, the rubber mask is over, over there. there. Yeah. Uh, the, my face is all over this place. My cat's faces are all over this office. Are they still here too? Somewhere? They're back there. I showed one to my wife earlier. But they're all over the place. But this has been a fun trip. And uh, this has been a much different trip than a lot of the other ones I've taken because quite frankly, you bring me in there to do the one show. Yep. And maybe we film a skit or two. Usually and, I bring you in for the company ball game. Yeah. And, and they do a live show. And it's kind of a vacation. But this was a work trip. and It was. It was honestly the busiest I've busiest week of my work career ever. Yep. And I feel like I've said that ten times since Fightful started. But I think that's indicative of our growth as well. Yeah. And the fact that WWE was like, you know what? We don't usually let people who report news into these types of things. But we're going to let you. Mm-hmm. Hey, I gotta say, I, I give WWE a lot of shit when they do that type of stuff because mm-hmm. I'm, I've been trying to do that type of stuff. I want to do that type of stuff. I've got questions that I want to ask these wrestlers that aren't like controversial, but I, I want them answered. I mm-hmm. want, I want to give our viewers good content, and I'm very grateful that they were willing to let me do that. Hopefully, that made a good impression. So, uh, support what we're doing there, and maybe we'll get to do it more. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you had a good trip. We got a lot of good content. Yeah. Got to see SummerSlam. And let me tell you something. This office is in Midtown Toronto. Yeah. The Scotiabank Arena is in downtown Toronto. You're looking at probably 20 to 30 minute drive from one to the other. Well, so, not with our Uber driver, buddy. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> but the last two days, as soon as the last pinfall happened at TakeOver and at SummerSlam, he basically, him and his wife, hustled out of the arena, got a cab, came up here for the podcast. My, my drive is uh, quite a bit shorter to yeah. get here than yours. A little bit. And uh, and yeah, and that's what we've done the last two days. We basically, I watched at home. He watched at the arena. We both hustled to get here to do this podcast. Yeah, I was telling him off the air, would I want to do this every month? No, <laughs> but uh, but it was fun, man. It was good having you here. It was again. Thanks to Brady for coming in and producing yes, this. Thanks to Brady. He's no taking problem. tomorrow off, and he deserves it. He thanks damn well does. In. Yep. Uh, he's helped us out a bunch this week, especially with the in-studio stuff. Yep. Jimmy, did you know that when I interviewed RJ City, I was able to have Brady put up a image of RJ City talking about rim jobs in a tweet? Great. So that is coming to Fightful.com, and you all cannot wait for it. That was a goal that I had in life, so I'm glad we got that yes, accomplished. I am so stoked. 
The last super chat came from Corey Cropper again. Big spender tonight, Corey. Nikita Krylov fan. You hit me with seven bucks, which I'm sure that I'll end up paying for uh, his McDonald's the next time he comes over to watch fights. But he says, you need to do a show in Ewing. And let me tell you, that ain't ever happening. But when I move to Lexington, I'll get Jimmy down there. You want me to go to Lexington, Kentucky for a podcast? You can go to Lexington, Kentucky for a podcast. What else am I going to do? Do you like horses? Because I doubt it. <laughs> uh, I'm from the country. I have ridden a horse before. Well, no. You, you just watch them race. Oh, I see what you're saying. I Do you saying. like college basketball? Because I get the feeling you don't. No, not really. Do you like go-karts? Because I get the feeling you don't. Yeah, I've, hey, I've, done, okay. I've done go-karts once I'll race some go-karts. I get yeah. the feeling it's an overnight trip, Jimmy. Possible. Maybe <laughs> same day. <laughs> yeah, leave a <laughs> thumbs up, guys. Until next time, we are out. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcast, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.